Hello, I'm John Hauslauden, president of the Minnesota Trucking Association, and I want to welcome you to our new podcast, Trucking, Success, and Safety. In this episode, Health and Safety Best Practices in Trucking Operations, four MTA carrier members share new practices they've implemented among their fleets to address driver health and safety during the COVID-19 crisis. This panel discussion was recorded as part of a series of COVID-19 webinars offered by the MTA. More information on these webinars, as well as important COVID-19 trucking updates and resources, can all be found by visiting www.mntruck.org forward slash COVID-19. That's www.mintruck.org forward slash COVID-19. I'd also like to thank MTA member Trimble for sponsoring today's episode of the podcast. For more information on Trimble, visit www.transportation.trimble.com. Now, let's get into the episode. Well, let's go ahead and start with questions. So, again, our panel are uh, MTA members Doug Graz with Dark Transit, Lisa Gonerman with Transport America, Neil Fandel with Coburns, and they represent different perspectives. So, Doug, Recommendations do you have for balancing business needs, health, and safety? It's a tricky balance. There's no doubt about that. And when unsure, we're trying to trust the adage of take care of your employees and they'll take care of you and your customers. So we, we are trying to, to, to put as much emphasis as we can on employees being safe and taking the precautions that they need to, to take on, but also continuing to message to, the, to our employees about how we have an opportunity. All of our communications, we're trying to deliver that message as well as the the protect yourself and, and be safe. And here's what we're doing to help you be safe. Uh, always, every message has both components. So, Neil, same question. What what recommendations do you have for balancing business needs and health and safety in this environment? Yeah. So, you know, business needs are are what they are. But without the employees, it's really hard to. Um, it's hard to operate a business, right? So we're trying to approach this out of an abundance of caution. And if an employee is feeling ill or not well at all in the past, we would maybe say, okay, what are your symptoms? And are you able to drive or perform your duties? Um, And today we're out of caution. We're just saying, you know, stay at home, take care of yourself. As a company, our policy right now is to provide at least five days off to to comply with kind of the estimated incubation period to make sure that those symptoms or what they're feeling aren't consistent with what the symptoms of COVID-19 are and, um, and then keeping in touch with them. So hopefully they come back to work um, and are free from symptoms. The biggest thing right now is the community spread and really just trying to do our due diligence to keep everything clean, restrict access, make our employees feel as safe as possible. So carriers, drivers, things like that, not allowing them in a building, really reiterating and providing the supplies to keep them themselves clean, hand washing, those types of things. Um, all of the you know, food that we would normally provide that's set out is not set out anymore. And just really stressing the importance of keeping you and your family healthy. And uh, we, we, the adage here is they're just boxes, and the, and the employees are much more important than the boxes we ship. 
let's talk a little bit about, you know, what should drivers sanitize? What kind of instructions, you know, we've got the directions from the World Health Organization and the CDC generally, but how do you put that into, you know, the driver's world? Uh, Neil, what are you instructing your drivers? We're instructing our drivers to, you know, kind of practice the the universal precautions that we that we train in our um, bloodborne pathogen awareness training, and assume that everyone and everything you touch is suspect to being contaminated. So we provide the supplies to clean the trucks before they start their route, um, clean their hands. We instruct them to try to go through the front doors of, of our locations where we have access to wash your hands before you go in, wash your hands before you leave to get back in the truck and clean the truck uh, for the next driver. We, we're we 100% slip seat operation, so we are at a you know, red alert or depth count five when it comes to um, keeping your next driver not infected. So it, it's that practice universal precautions, really trying to provide the supplies to give them every opportunity to keep themselves and, and surfaces clean. So anything that you might touch or, or brush along with and trying to provide them the information, you know, um, it lasts for about 24 hours on clothes and 72 hours on hard surfaces, things like that. So we ask them to keep their uniforms at home at least for a day before they bring them in. We have a lag in when our uniforms are picked up, so we isolate those uniforms before our mark comes and, and, and picks them up to help protect their drivers and their systems. And then back to if you're not feeling well, if you're symptomatic, stay at home. The company has stepped up to compensate them for up to, up to two weeks while they're at home. Um, either recovering or validating that their symptoms are not consistent with COVID-19 and really trying to stand behind the individual employee to get them back to work as soon as they can. Uh, next question, what are you doing differently at your own facilities regarding driver interactions? And, you know, we have different things. We have terminals, we have the driver lounge, we have the shops. Doug, what are you doing it's a little bit like uh, trying to make uh, get back to doing the stuff that we're supposed to be doing for CTPAT and and uh, some of those those border security uh, concerns. And I'm not going to lie, we we uh, haven't been as disciplined on those in years past. We're kind of reinvigorating a lot of those. Uh, our buildings are open in terms of our driver facilities, and we want drivers to still feel like they can come into the lounge and so on. We've added extra cleaning around the the buildings every day. Uh, so they're getting multiple cleanings per day. Um, we're just trying to limit any free flow of traffic around our building. Uh, so if you do want to go into other areas, you need an escort. You need a reason to go in there. You need someone's blessing to go in there. Uh, and then even when you're getting escorted, obviously, you would be getting a um, uh, maintaining that six feet of distance. But what we're trying to do is we've posted phone numbers and email addresses at all of our uh, internal entry points saying, hey, if you need to talk to someone that's behind this door, call before you uh, want to come in and see if we can handle it over the phone. Lisa, same question back to you. What are you doing differently at your own facilities regarding driver interactions? Yeah, it is a different world that we're living in. We've made a lot of changes from orientation to our shops, to our driver lounges. Um, a number of things that Doug said are very similar to what we're doing as well. 
you know, really stressing the stay at home for anyone that's not feeling well, you know, no visitors. Uh, we are asking an orientation and even during our recruiting process, I think you've seen some of those basic four questions out there, four or five questions, doing that in orientation as well. Uh, restricted access to buildings, no visitors. And we've even gone to an extent in our driver lounges where we've taken out some of the chairs uh, to spread out so that there's no temptation to sit next to one another. For example, we did the same thing in orientation. We've got the hand sanitizer, the wiping, uh, the wipes out. Uh, our facility managers are wiping down several times a day. We're doing the extra weekly deep cleaning just to make sure we get everything uh, really cleaned up out there. Uh, we have a lot of a signage up and reminders for drivers for staying and, and office staff to stay the six feet away, the hand washing, uh, making sure that our shops aren't going into those trucks that would or could be quarantined. So it's a different world. And anytime we can use gloves and making sure folks know how to use those gloves and take them off, but still wash the hands after those types of things are, are really what we're trying to stress. Uh, let's move on to the next question. Doug, are there any specific shop directions you're giving your team right now that are different than anything else since they have to be climbing in and out of these trucks? Uh, well, so what we're doing with the shops is, uh, Lisa, first of all, spelled out an excellent plan. Uh, uh, that, that was fantastic. Yes, wipe down trucks you're getting into and out of. Uh, and also, uh, we've adjusted hours for uh, for our shops uh, to minimize the amount of people on shifts, target our bay usage as much as possible to minimize interactions. Um, the same things apply as far as uh, shop technicians typically have their own tools. We have very few community tools, so to speak. Uh, but to the extent we do have any community tools, making sure those are getting wiped down uh, before and after every use. Uh, that's that, that's been our main focus in the shops. So I'll go back to Lisa here. How are you instructing drivers regarding health and safety at truck parking facilities and truck stops when they're out on the road? Um, but, you know, when a driver comes out of the house, we're um, actually reminding them or we've, we've communicated to make sure they have those cleaning supplies. Cleaning supplies, I think everybody is aware, is really hard to get right now, but have something in their truck. Um, we're trying to add any notes to our loads as far as specific uh, requirements for a customer of what they might need. Know, and as they go into places, whether it be a truck stop or um, another parking facility, avoid close contact, that six-foot rule, um, reminding them to clean all their touch points, have that cleaning supplies in their trucks, clean stuff down, whether it be, uh, you know, door handles, the steering wheel, everything in the truck, wash their hands often, um, just avoid touching the face, and use a lot of caution, I would say, in those public areas. Um, and make sure they're they're washing their hands and any types of uh, recommendations like that. Mark, what should I tell my drivers to do at loads and unloads? Yeah, certainly what we've been telling them to do is, you know, avoid using driver lounges, avoid any uh, food or drink hospitality, of course. It's, those might seem like obvious comments, but uh, people get into habits and they just follow their habits and they go into the driver lounge and they grab the donut and they grab a drink, okay? And, and we have had our drivers specifically ask at the dock and at homes, is there anyone sick in this area? And there have been some people who have said, uh, yeah, this person just went home. And we've had drivers reschedule deliveries because of that. Um, so it's really about breaking previous habits, staying away from people at loads and unloads. And Mark, why don't we move on to the next question? 
your drivers are worried about customer pickup and drops. You know, what are you telling them? Yes, what we're telling them, reinforcing it so that drivers here again and again, don't touch, no personal contact, stay six feet, that's fine. Um, the sick person rule is also there. Return to your vehicle, call for a reschedule, and avoid actually accepting anything from someone's hands. That includes a piece of freight. That includes a package. We're basically asking all shippers to place anything that they have, you know, place it on the ground. Don't make, don't personally hand anything to anybody. Leave it on a desk. Leave it on, you know, if, if it's a small piece of freight that was going to be hand-loaded, um, don't co-load it on the pallet jack if you if you can avoid it. So it's it's just about breaking personal contact everywhere we can. And certainly, um, some of our drivers are wearing uh, masks just for their own comfort and just for their own peace of mind. So we have encouraged that drivers have gone out and and had masks, and when they make the deliveries, they keep them on, and then they wear gloves. And uh, we've certainly had shippers ask. Why are you wearing that? Do you have COVID-19? And they're saying, no, we're just being extra careful and I don't want to pick anything up. So wearing the personal protective equipment is also an option. Let's take a quick break to acknowledge the sponsor of today's episode, Trimble. The safety and performance of your fleet can depend on having the right technology in place. Trimble solutions are revolutionizing how we supply our world by improving the safety and connectivity of fleets, drivers, and everyone in the supply chain. Discover how by visiting transportation.trimble.com. Now, back to the episode. Neil, let's go back to you. You have uh, your trucks going into all your stores. Uh, What are you telling them about loads and unloads? So at our locations, we're responsible to load and unload, you know, practicing the the six the six minimum rule with um, with store personnel washing in and washing out and in that universal precaution um, factor again the other piece just kind of piggyback onto the last question as a as a receiver our buildings are locked down we have temporary um, porta potties outside our facilities for inbound drivers. There's a paperwork exchange. That's the only exchange that's made. The drivers aren't allowed in the building. And our employees are, you know, the social distancing. They um, don't work in close proximity with one another. And the billing clerk is, you know, washing in, washing out at the at the paperwork exchange as well. So, Doug, uh, how are you communicating with shippers regarding driver health and safety? A handful of different things. Uh, Some shippers are making it very specific to us in terms of we want you to go on to this portal and answer these questions. Uh, Some have asked for a a written uh, plan of how we're going to respond. So we've put together a written plan. We've put together kind of an FAQ that our customer service and our sales team can copy and paste into answering whatever they need to answer for their customers. Uh, and, and that's really how, how we're arming folks. We are uh, going to our customers as much as possible to, to uh, thank them uh, that if they're continuing to stay open, uh, especially thank them if they're keeping their driver facilities open, uh, if, if it, even if it's just one bathroom, uh, but, but keeping some stuff open uh, and, and just trying to make sure we're in constant communication to them with what it is we're doing. Uh, we're, we're finding that they're, they're really in the same boat. They're, they're kind of grasping a, a little bit too about what they should be doing and what they shouldn't be doing. Uh, some are probably uh, doing, in my opinion, maybe overreacting a little bit more and expecting 
uh, a little too much. But generally speaking, that's how we're arming our customers with information about what we're doing. Mark, what do I tell my drivers who are transporting medical or potentially infected loads? Well, first of all, you want to remind all your shippers that drivers are essential. I mean, everyone on lines probably having shippers call them and saying, can you still deliver? Can you still deliver? So make sure that they understand, yes, we can deliver. Yes, we are essential. No, we're not being shut down. Um, we remind the drivers to follow their medical certification training carefully, including all HIPAA privacy needs. We tell them to contain spills for their training. They've all been trained on these types of things. And above all, what we're trying to reinforce to them is don't be any more afraid of COVID-19 sample handling than the usual biohazards that they do transport. Because on a regular basis, drivers that are transporting infected loads or, or biohazard loads, they're transmitting um, AIDS tests, uh, tuberculosis tests, things that are highly contagious. And they need to understand that these things are packaged in a way such that the exterior medical loads is not infected. Unfortunately, at a number of clinics, we're having nurses tell these drivers, be very careful, don't get any of this on you. So it's surprising, but medical personnel are kind of contributing to a little bit of the panic now. So it's just reinforcing them that they have the training, they know what to do, handle it according to your training. So uh, kind of into a dicey one here, we'll start with Lisa. The driver calls in, says he may have COVID-19. What do I do with the driver? What do I do with the load? What's going on in your world? Have you had any drivers do that? And how are you handling it? So we have not had a driver that has been positive at this point, as I knock on wood. Um, we have had a driver that has called and told us that one of his family members at home was just uh, deemed as positive. So we had a, and, and that driver had just came to the house from being at home. So we did have a similar situation with that direct interaction with someone that was positive. And I think he did this is it's a situational review kind of um, I don't think there's any, you know, canned answer for this. You're gonna have to look at uh, where is that driver at and where is home? Uh, you know, what is that situation? How are they feeling? Um, and is it something that they're exhibiting symptoms now? Feel fine? Um, are they well enough to drive or not? Because we don't want them driving. They are ill, so they may need med medical attention immediately. Um, we, you know, are they exhibiting symptoms? In the situation that I had that was uh, actually very early on in this, I ended up calling the Minnesota Department of Health and asking for their help because, you know, I was concerned as far as how far do I go in the court and what practice. They were very helpful. And what they had recommended was for uh, the driver, since they weren't, uh, it was actually two in the truck, since neither of these two were exhibiting any symptoms, to actually go have one of them go into like a Walmart, a CVS, some type of a drugstore to try to find a thermometer so that they could monitor their symptoms. Um, you know, I asked about driving and they were just thinking, well, just drive home. And I'm like, well, my concern is they're going to have to stop and get fuel. Are we exposing other people with my concern? And um, they, their recommendation was minimal interaction um, with anyone, whoever is feeling well, you know, of the two that were in the truck to be able to do that interaction, you know, going maybe into one location now, getting a bunch of food, bringing back out to the truck and that type of situation. So um, I would definitely recommend using the Minnesota Department of Health, one that isn't sure. They were very helpful. Um, using their number, there's a special uh, key that you enter for uh, coronavirus questions, 
And I've called them, I'll be honest, three different times and they have responded and picked up in the first or second ring. So uh, definitely use them, it's a tough situation. Um, we ended up relaying the load off of the drivers so they could focus on getting home. You know, in, in that type of situation, again, neither one were exhibiting symptoms, but they did have that direct interaction with somebody that was positive. So we asked them to unhook from the trailer, got them to a secure facility, unhook from the trailer because we didn't want anybody else to go into that truck kind of scenario. And then we did quarantine the truck as well. So at each of our support centers or locations, terminals, we have designated a specific area for a quarantine truck because your shops are probably like mine. They see a truck on the yard them, and they're going to go out there and go get in it. Well, we don't want that. So we wanted to make sure there was a quarantine area. And we also have developed just a simple sign to place on the truck that was laminated so that they know it's quarantined and not to enter that truck and uh, keep that on. And we're tracking those trucks that are in quarantine really a case by case. Doug, same question to you, same scenario. Driver calls in, says he may have COVID-19. Are you handling it at DART? Anything you would add? I'm calling Lisa and asking her to handle it for me because her process is fantastic. No, and ours is not much different. Uh, it, it really is the same. We've had, we're, we've had a similar experiences. We have not had a positive test. We've had people that have been exposed to people with positive tests. Uh, and, and yeah, it, it is get in front of a, a health professional, follow the health professional's guidance. If you are feeling well enough to get to home uh, or some other safe haven, we will encourage you to do that. Um, but it's kind of like, okay, I got to be well enough first to drive. If I'm well enough, then it is get home. If I'm not that, then it is quarantine as close to wherever you are as possible. Um, get it in hopes of getting them out of the truck to separate the truck from the load. Um, we did we, the one we had, or one of them that we had where the driver was on a load at the time, the others we've had the, the driver luckily was not on a load, but one, he was in a load and actually there was an accident. Um, and so the, luckily the load seal never broke, but we did call the, the shipper directly. And I, what we did was we made sure we had manager speak to manager and we didn't follow the normal claims reporting process. But we said, hey, just so you know, during this accident, we're finding out that one of the people involved may have been exposed to this. So when you get this trailer, you're going to need to take your own precautions with it. Oh, by the way, the seal's never been broken. The door's never been opened. We have no reason to believe that the load is actually an issue, but we do want you to know. Um, Otherwise, I, Lisa had a fantastic process. We're following essentially the same uh, the same guidance. So, how are you handling drivers' mental health? The only interaction other than phone has been taken away. I guess this is for more of the long haul. How are you keeping their spirits up, Lisa? How are you handling mental health? Um, I would say we're having our folks do a lot of extra check-ins with the drivers and asking a lot more of those questions. I think both with our drivers and and even internal staff that are working from home. We have the majority of our corporate office uh, empty now, so everybody's kind of out there on their own. So really checking up with them. How are you doing? Making sure you're having those phone conversations. We have all of our support center managers are at out in the field across the country, you know, trying to have some of those six feet interactions with the drivers too, uh, keeping them uh, encouraged, reminding them of how they can stay safe because um, and, and as mentioned before, how critical they are to the nation, but our, our primary uh, 
you know, concern is their health and their safety. So uh, I would say just a lot more touching and feeling as we're going along per se. Yeah, Doug, how are you doing it at DART? Uh, very similarly, extra check-ins, uh, making sure you're talking that goes in the shop, in the office and out on the road, talking with people more often, uh, two, three times a day. Uh, also looking for ways to have fun uh, and don't make it all about the virus and uh, making sure you're still talking to them about other things that are going on uh, so we can we can get a, that mental reprieve from it. Uh, but yeah, more check-ins and try to have a little bit of fun wherever you can. Mark, how are you leading your team through this? Same way, you know, it's interesting as we've, uh, the, all the drivers have been requesting the, the mail or, or some sort of proof that they are essential services because of course they're all worried that their, you know, that their, their work is gonna go away. So we've been providing each one of them with a, with a, a draft template saying that there are essential services that they, they can continue. Um, we thank them throughout, you know, on a periodic basis. And the feedback from the drivers has been really good. They said, basically said, well, we're, we're glad you're thinking of us. We're glad you're uh, protecting our livelihood. Glad you're advocating for us. You know, they just want to know that back here, we're not, we're, you know, carriers can't be asleep at the switch. The drivers need to know we're thinking about them constantly, that we're making sure that they can keep earning a living to the best of their ability before everything shuts down. So same way as other folks, plus the letter, basically. Neil, you're seeing your people every day. They're going home every day. What are you doing for the mental health side of things? Yeah, similar to everyone else, regular check-ins, trying to talk to everyone on a, on a regular basis. Um, a lot of our general normal operations is we may not see our drivers um, every day. They're just coming in and leaving um, under normal circumstances, but really trying to check in with them. We have a digital signboard in our driver's area, so we have regular general health messages, preventative um, messages, some of the protocols that we're trying to get everyone to follow um, from a cleanliness standpoint. You know, any kind of newsletter from from the the company that keeps them more engaged and up to speed on what's going on. They, they know, you know, we communicated early on that. Obviously, the grocery stores are an essential part of keeping everyone um, sustained and and part of the the whole health cycle. But you know, in the in our industry, a lot of our counterparts are are putting a premium wage on on the hourly hourly wage earners, and we've done that. And just try just try to stay positive and and like I think it was Mark said, try to have a little bit of fun. Um, it's not all doom and gloom, and and you know we're. We're still we're still employed and we're still we'll st we're still operational. Um, there was a question online about you know firsthand and secondary exposure um, things, and we just try to make sure that there's open line of communication. So if someone is sick at the house um, and the symptoms are suspect, we grant them the ability to stay home, or we encourage them to stay home, even though we're kind of star for drivers right now. Some of our counterparts in the food service industry have stepped up to help us out pulling loads, but, you know, stay home and kind of wait out that incubation period. And um, my wife is a physician and they're switching to this type of protocol. So it's there, the physicians are working five, 12 hour days, and then they're taking eight days off. And that eight days is there to basically allow for the incubation period and symptoms to arise. And after at the end of eight days, if they're not symptomatic, 
They're requested to go back for their five 12 hour shift. And so here at Coburn's, we have a, a two week um, reprieve, up to two week reprieve to make sure that if you have someone in the household or have been in contact with someone that you are not symptomatic. And then we, we encourage you to try to come back to work just because of the industry. We are uh, really under fire with, for labor and people to help out. I want to give the panelists sort of one last uh, go around here. Is there anything else you would like to add? Mark, any, any last comments you would like to make? Uh, yes. Regulations, rules, executive orders are flying fast and furious between the governor and the federal side here. When it comes to what are you legally or by executive order being required to do if COVID pops at your worksite or different areas, I suggest you get your counsel involved just so you make the right decision. N none of us wants to see lawsuits, you know, six months from now because we left some people in place who are essential services and it's spread to a shipper or two. So involve your legal counsel on what your obligations are for executive orders and recent legislation. Thank you, Mark. Uh, Neil. I would just say, you know, this is a time for, for our industry to gain and retain the credibility that, that, we've, that I think we deserve and have earned. Um, and that if we're, if we're conducting ourselves professionally and doing the right things uh, and staying cautious um, through this, I think the industry as a, as a whole is, gonna, is going to come out a little bit better on the other side of this. I reiterate the, the balance uh, of the message. Uh, Neil said it uh, well. We, we deserve, we've earned uh, some credibility, more credibility than, than what we usually get. This is a time for us to shine. Um, we are essential. At the same token, we, we definitely care about our employees and our people. And we want to make sure we're, we're protecting them. Um, my, so I would, I would focus on that message. And also, there is a ton of information coming out. Uh, like Mark said, all sorts of executive orders and all that kind of stuff. Find your couple of information sources that you're going to rely on. Uh, the MTA obviously is a great one, uh, but whatever other information sources you want to rely on, stay engaged on those. This is all changing every day. Just find your trusted sources that, that, that you're going to rely on as you move forward. I think the engaging council is also a great idea. Uh, Lisa, you get the last word. And I would say, you know, run through different situations and know those folks that are on the front line you know dealing with the drivers yet help them feel at ease help them understand how they can protect themselves and i would just really stress one point again that minnesota department of health i know i'm not a doctor i'm not a nurse uh i don't know some of this stuff i think i have the cdc website memorized word for word but it's still everything isn't on there so don't be afraid to call them they were very helpful well, again, I want to thank uh, our participants today. I want to thank uh, Mark, Neil, Doug, Lisa. If you have any questions, you can email uh, john at mntruck.org. Of course, our website has information that we are trying to have ready for everyone. So uh, with that, everyone, just thank you so much for the good work you're doing. I want to assure you the MTA is doing its part to watch your back and uh, make sure that things keep going the way they should. That concludes this episode of Trucking, Success, and Safety. Thank you again to Trimble for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Thanks for listening, and make sure to subscribe to Trucking, Success, and Safety. We can be found on all major podcast streaming platforms, including Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeart, or you can listen to episodes directly through our website at mntruck.org forward slash podcast. That's mntruck.org 
www.dot.org/forward/slash/podcast.